Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. We're continuing our series in Jonah today. Pastor Stephen Furr is going to be bringing an amazing word to us. Uh, You're going to love it. To get ready for that, let's hear these words from the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up, my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you and to your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading, hearing, receiving, and living out of his word. and praise the Lord. How is everybody today? Wow. 
Man, I am pumped up. I am so glad to see you all. See, for me, this is my first time back to see everybody. So I am like, I'm, I'm like beside myself. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, like I, I saw Kathy Randall. Kathy, where are you? Yeah. Like, I, I hug people. So I, I, I hugged her for the first time in like a year and a half. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, so I don't, know to, I, I, just, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to probably run overtime today. But I, I'm, I'm so excited to see everybody back. And, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Steve, uh, teaching pastor here at Garfield. This awesome, wonderful church. And uh, I tell you, um, you know, the church is... The church of Jesus Christ is beautiful in its brokenness, you know, like, like um, we're all broken. Sin broke everybody. Everybody's busted up. Um, but we're all healed because of Christ. And so we all share a common brokenness uh, through and because of Christ, we're all in this journey of healing together. And when you remember that, that everybody's healing, everybody's healed, healed and healing at the same time. And, and so in today's story, um, this is my opportunity to put in my two cents about the grace of God. Of course, so I'm continuing the story of Jonah, the big fish story. Uh, of course, I'm, I have some interesting uh, views about this big fish, uh, uh, of course. And uh, so we're going to continue the story. Uh, Jonah's story teaches us about the mercy and the grace of God. Uh, and, and so um, growing up in the church, I've, I've, I have to, you know, full disclosure, I've never preached on Jonah. All the years I've been preaching, never preached on Jonah. Of course, they always call it the Jonah and the whale. Well, the Bible doesn't call it a whale. It calls it a big fish. I don't have a problem with it being a big fish. I, I really don't. Um, some people do. I don't. Because um, my, my thing is this. I, I don't think it's a big miracle for a man to be swallowed by a big fish. I think it's a big miracle for a fish to spit a man onto dry land. If you've ever been to the ocean, uh, a man getting spit onto dry land from the ocean, that's a miracle. That's a long way. I would like to see that. Just, oh, oh, that's my mind. Okay. But at any rate, so, uh, so what I want to do today is I'm going to talk about the grace of God. And as I see this as a grace story and dig into these different dimensions of grace. Now we know the standard um, definition of grace is God's unmerited favor. But there are nuances of the grace of God that we see in this story that I want to show you. And, uh, and I want to show you some, uh, a, a shocking truth, a, a very profound truth about the grace and the mercy of God. I think what God was doing was expressing the grace of God to Jonah in a way that he needed to understand. Uh, I invite you to read the whole story. It's a short story as God is really trying to teach Jonah something about his mercy and grace. Um, Jonah had an issue. Jonah's real issue. I think uh, Pastor Scott brought it out very well. Jonah wanted the mission to fail. Jonah, Jonah had an issue uh, with God showing grace uh, to the Assyrians uh, because of how wicked they were. 
And uh, he had an issue. He, he really did. And so he wanted to, to and basically he was basically telling God, I don't call somebody else to do this. I, I'm not going to do it. And so God was really dealing with this, this prophet Jonah. So, uh, so to understand the dimensions of this grace, we need to kind of do a review. So let's review how did we get here. All right, so I'm going to just do the new black American version of this story. Are you ready? Let's go. So what happened was, so, 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 so God comes to Jonah and he says, Jonah, go to uh, the city of Nineveh and tell them what I tell you to tell them. Jonah said, talk to the hand because the face don't understand. We're not doing that. So Jonah fled the presence of God. It means he, f- he fled the face of God. In so many ways, Jonah told God, get out of my face. Really. And he went the other way. All right? So he went the opposite direction. So Jonah here is in full rebellion. Get the picture. He's in full rebellion against God. Jonah's a prophet. His vow as a prophet of God is to do what? Be God's mouthpiece. So as a prophet of God, Jonah is not on his own. He doesn't serve his own interests. He serves the interests of God. He is God's mouthpiece. In that era of time, when God wants to say something to anyone in the earth, he uses his prophet. Jonah's basically saying, I'm not doing it. I'm, gonna, I'm not doing it. So Jonah flees the presence of God. Scene two. Now Jonah's in a boat going to Tarshish, the whole opposite direction from um, Nineveh. He's in the bottom of the boat. God sends this huge storm. God is like beating up the, 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 the sea. And Jonah's in the bottom of the ship. And the mariners are like, what's going on? We have never seen a storm like this. So they start praying to their God. They wake Jonah up and say, dude, sleeper, what's up? Pray to your God. Jonah said, hey, I ain't praying to nobody. This is what's happening. I'm running from the face of my God because of blase, blase, blase. Yeah, new black American version. Blase, blase, blase mean this is what's happening. Y'all with me? All right. So, so what happened then? And so, um, Jonah says, "Throw me overboard." Now, now, get this. What did Jonah say? Throw me overboard. So they're like, "Dude, you tripping?" So they start rowing even harder, trying to get Jonah to dry land. It's not working. The harder they row the more the sea is tossed. They can't get him to dry land. Reluctantly, they do what? They throw him overboard. The moment they throw him overboard, the sea lays down like a baby goes to sleep. They tripping. Sea lay down, then they start worshiping. Your Lord be the Lord. <laughs> they start worshiping. They, they make vows to God. Then the Lord appoints, the Bible says it in Jonah 1 and 17, the Lord appoints a fish. The fish did not just randomly show up. It wasn't any old fish. It was the one the Lord appointed. Yes, the Lord went to United Methodist Church, appointed a fish, gave the fish credit. Probably not. Probably not. I'm just saying. The Lord appointed a special fish. Maybe he made up that fish. Maybe he created one just for Jonah. Said, fish, 
I appoint you to go to yonder boat, the one that is being tossed, catch this dude. The one who said, throw me overboard. He catches him, swallows him down. That's how we, so how does Jonah end up in the sea? Review, how does he end up in the sea? He said, throw me overboard. How does he end up in the fish's mouth? The Lord appoints it. Now, here's the, here's the point, we, first point we want to make. This big fish represents the enormity of God's mercy and grace. God's grace is big enough to swallow our rebellion, sin, and brokenness, and yet leave us whole. This fish is not the judgment of God. And this sea is not the anger of God. Well, how did you get that, Steve? Easy. The wages of sin is death. Is Jonah dead? No. If this is the judgment of God, Jonah should be? If you get thrown into an angry sea, you should? Is Jonah? No. Jonah is swallowed. So, death Dark is better than death. Dark is better than death. So the amazing, this is why I entitled this sermon, Amazing Grace in the Darkest Places. And sometimes the darkest places are places that we've created for ourselves in our rebellion. It's now, now sometimes darkest places we can be cast in the darkest places is not our fault. I mean, circumstances can put you in dark places, right? But that's not this story, so we ain't gonna talk about that. We always talk about, you know, circumstances put you in dark places. The pandemic came and we're in dark places. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about the other ones. We're talking about, we're talking about the rebellious you. I'm about to get in trouble. We're talking about Freaky Frida, Freaky Freddy. We're talking about that one. We're talking about the places we put ourselves in. In this case, he's in rebellion against God. He had his reasons, but he's in rebellion against God. He said, throw me overboard. So in this particular case, he's there because he put himself there, and God's not mad at him, but it's the mercy and the grace of God that's big enough to swallow up my rebellion, swallow up my sin, swallow up my brokenness, and yet leave me whole. And even though I'm in a dark place, there's some amazing grace in that dark place. Amen. God not mad at you, but we do need to talk. Amen. So we get to Jonah's prayer now. Then Jonah prayed. Uh, I like this part. Then. (laughs) Uh, Then. Now all the way up to this point, Jonah didn't pray. He didn't pray in chapter one. He didn't pray when they told him to pray. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice you cast me in you did did he really you cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas and the floods surrounded me all your billows and your waves passed over me 
Then I said, I've been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to them, uh, to them moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Uh-huh. You know, then I said, then I said, (laughs) I've been cast out of your sight, yet will I look again toward your holy temple. You know, poor Jonah. (laughs) I've been cast out of your sight. God, why you do this to me, man? If you didn't, if you didn't read the first chapter, you would have thought God just came down and was dealing hard with Jonah, man. But what happened was, chapter one, I ain't doing it, God. I'm going to do it my way, God. You know, this, this, this is how I do. This is this this how this how I roll, God. You know, you know, you just got to deal with. It. I was just I born this way. This is where I do things. Okay, cool. Go on and go that way. But I love you enough not to let you run from me. Watch this. I love you enough to send a storm to stop you from getting away from me. I love you enough to to not let you get away from me. See, because if I let you get away from me, if I let you get to Tarshish, and I let you get away from me, then there is death away from me. So I love you enough to stop you. See, sometimes you don't see the hand of God in the storm that stopped you. Man, y'all quiet. Sometimes there's grace in that prayer not being answered. Because it was the wrong prayer. Get them, God. No, you don't. No, I don't need to get them. Because if I get them, I got to get you. Get them, Jesus. No, 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 no. This is some of that manifold wisdom stuff of God. Like, right? So, so God in his mercy and his grace does the grace of God, watch this, is redemptive. It's not passive. It's redemptive. It does. It's personal. It, it, it's expressed whenever and wherever God hears us. It's, it's, it's not designed to coddle us it's designed to redeem you. And, and it deals with you based on what's ultimately best for you, even though you're not comfortable. Because if God would do what was comfortable to Jonah, he would have let him go. I mean, Sheol, uh, this is not in, fellas, this is not on the slide, so don't look for it. Sheol is an interesting word when you study it out. Some of you Bible students just study, study and she, Sheol is a lot of things. Uh, it meant grave, it meant death, it meant silence. So if you just kind of think in your mind, if you're in the belly of a big fish, right, what's going on in this belly? It's dark, right? It's, 
it's pitch black. Like, like, like Jonah could not see his hand in front of his face. He could feel this seaweed. He couldn't really hear anything other than what would maybe be going on inside of this big fish. So he has time to kind of hear himself think, right? And at that time, you start thinking about things like, I probably should have went. <laughs> oh my God, I probably should have. I probably should have just went on went. I just, I'm saying, I probably should have just went on went. So, he, so the grace of God, now, now, when you read the story, God's not mad at him, and this is what I want to get, want us to see. God's not mad at us because of our humanity, is what I'm trying to get us to see. God's grace embraces the limits of our humanity. Even, even Jonah running from God, going the other way because of the reasons of him going the other way, God doesn't chide him for that. He simply puts him in a, in a space where he can think about the choice he made. Okay, let me move on. The unmerited favor of God is expressed whenever and wherever God hears us, even if that place is dark. Now, here's Jonah's sobering lesson. Watch this. So, in this place, Jonah learns something. And I put it in three different versions. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. That's the New King James Version. Those, they who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their own hope. Look at the word forsake, forsake, forsake. Well, who forsakes them? Those who regard, who regard worthless idols. What Jonah learned is this. The mercies of the Lord and the grace of God endures forever. So, Jonah, what I want you to understand is this. My mercy will endure forever for the Assyrians. The people you don't want me to forgive, I will always forgive them if they turn to me. Jonah, if they repent, I'm going to forgive them. Jonah, if you repent, even now, I'm going to forgive you. However, there's something you need to understand. If you regard worthless idols, you or them would forsake your own mercy. What I have for you, you do have the ability to forsake what I have for you. It's not that I took it away. You walked away. You have the ability to walk away. And... I guess if you keep on walking away, at some point, I have to let you. That is a sobering, that's worth a pregnant pause, isn't it? Watch. I guess if you walk away from it, and strong word here, forsake it. I guess at some point, I have to let you. Now watch this. You walked away from it the first time and I sent a storm and stopped you. 
Oh, man. You listening? You told them to cast you into the sea, and I swallowed you. And I stopped that. But, you know, Jonah, at some point, if you keep observing lying vanities, at some point, you will forsake your own mercy. It's not that I run out of grace. You will run out of time. You live in time. I live in eternity. So Jonah, like, word. (laughs) Jonah like, I feel you, God. So Jonah gets this. Then he says this. Those who have regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Verse 9. But with the voice of thanksgiving, will I sacrifice to you what I have vowed, I will pay. (laughs) All right, Jonah, I feel you, boy, I see you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He gets it. Aha. God didn't like, it's not like God was holding, putting him in a chicken wing to make him say certain things. Grace gave him the space to learn. See, grace gives the space to learn. God's not trying to make you learn. He's letting you learn. Grace doesn't say you better. Grace says you can. Grace doesn't say be. Grace says become. Here's the space and the grace to learn. See, God is strong with his game. He knows if he keeps revealing himself and give you space, you, can, you will learn. So he gives you space to learn. So as dark as the place was, it was the perfect place for Jonah. Now that place was not cool for Steve. I'm cool sitting right there. I don't need no, I don't, I don't I ain't trying, I ain't trying to go in nobody's fish belly. I can learn sitting right there. But for Jonah, perfect place for Jonah. Grace is personal. So I don't know where your place of grace is. I don't know where your dark place is, where you need to learn. That's why you got to stay out of people's Kool-Aid. You don't know what it takes for them to learn. Where they, what they need to face to learn. Get out of my Kool-Aid. I think that's the biggest error of the church. You try to mess, you get into people's growth process and start fooling around with it. Leave it alone. Teach the word, preach the word, create an environment for people to learn and grow in Christ and leave them alone. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. Stop being other people's daddy. If I'm your spiritual daddy, then who's the father? Let the father be your father. Let me just be your pastor. Cool. Amen. 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 Cool. I don't need all that pressure. I have a hard enough time being my son's daddy. (laughs) So what was God's response? God's response to all of this 
So the Lord spoke to the fish, and the fish spit him out. I love that. The fish like, cool. He didn't taste good anyway. Spit him on the dry land. Now watch this. How did the story end? Uh, I love this part. This is the way the story ended. If you read the rest of the book, uh, God is still dealing with Jonah in the same area. Jonah goes, he preaches to Nineveh. He didn't even do a good job preaching. Not at all. But he did. He preached. They repented. Jonah got mad. See, it, it doesn't end like a sitcom. You know, it's all soft. No, it's not soft. Jonah still have issues. Watch this. And so do you. So what? And so do I. So what? And so did Peter. So what? And so did Paul. So what? And so do all of us. So what? Doesn't mean you're not used of God. Doesn't mean God can't use you. Doesn't mean God can't be glorified through imperfect people. God always uses imperfect people because a story is not about us. It's about him. Do you understand? God uses ordinary, broken people. So what? People can't relate to perfect people. That's why we get all wrapped up in messianic people. You know, people get lost in these messianic guys walking around thinking they walk on air. Nobody walks on air. If you act like you're walking on air, you're lying. You got, you, 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 you're lying. Nobody walks on air. You walk on earth. You walk on regular earth. You put on your pants just like I do. Jesus uses ordinary people. So God used Jonah. Jonah spoke the word. The people repented. Jonah said, that's what I was talking about. God, that's the problem. You show mercy and grace. He says, Jonah, dude, chill. Didn't you just learn something? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. You forgave him. (sighs) So, God kept on dealing with Jonah, still showing his grace. So what should we learn? We all need the same grace for all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. I need as much grace as everybody else. God will be merciful to whoever calls on his name. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Leave God-sized things to God. I have no clue what God is doing with America. If I hear one more person say it, I'm going to just scream. This is what the Lord is saying to America. You don't have a clue what the Lord is saying to America. Shut up. You don't have a clue. I'm a prophet of God. This is what the Lord is saying to America. You're trying to sell a book. Hush, you have no clue. You don't even know what the Lord is saying to you and your family. Be quiet. I have no clue. And it's okay not to know. But this is what I do know. 
God is rich to all who call upon him. I will pay my vow. I will do the best to, to share the love of God with everybody I know. I will share Jesus with everybody I know. I will walk in love with everybody I know. I will offer up the sacrifices of thanksgiving to everybody I know. And I'll pay my vow and be the Lord's disciple. See, what I do know is what the scripture told me to do. I know, I know what the Bible say. I don't have a prophetic or a pathetic word. I do know what the scripture tells me to do. Is that all right? Leave God-sized things to God. Give God your greatest possession. What's your greatest possession? Your life. That's how we apply this message to our life. Give God your greatest possession. That wonderful grace of God. That wonderful grace of God. That just envelops all of my sin and my rebellion. I, my house right now is full of my grandchildren, my granddaughters. They're beautiful little sinners. <laughs> they're the prettiest, cutest little, oh, they're gorgeous. And they're into my things. Hi, Pop Pop. They smile at me. I say, what are you doing? They say, nothing. And they're lying to my face. And I just love them. And they say, I love you. I say, I love you too. One of my babies, she eats all of my peanuts and my, and my cashews and that stuff. And I said, did you eat my nuts? She said, yes. <laughs> She's so forthcoming. And I know one day, one day she, she will ask me before she does it. But this day, she's not going to. <laughs> and one day she will grow out of that. That's, I'm giving her grace. Do you get it? God does the same thing. No big deal, I'll go buy some more. I'm rich in grace. I'm rich in peanuts. I could get as many peanuts as I want, so I can, I can give her that. That's a, that's a simple explanation, but that's what God gives us. So my prayer for you today, my prayer for us is that we would take this message and, and, and allow, this is my joke for the day, allow the word to be made fish. The word to be made flesh. faith, grace, the great grace of God, and swallow up our sin and swallow up our rebellion and leave us whole and work this thing out with God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And we receive your word says Jesus came to us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we receive him today. We believe that Christ died for our sin. We believe that on the third day, he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. 
We confess him as Savior and Lord of our lives today. We thank you for every heart that's receiving him today and believing on his name. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Bless every heart that's received your word and received him today. In Jesus' name, let every heart say, amen.